Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and answer some of your business legal questions that you, the listener, can send in to ask at LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com. Welcome to our first new episode of 2015. My name is Nasser Pasha. And I'm Matt Stahl. We're recording this in 2014, but I think the most frustrating thing is just getting the date rights on these contracts. <laughs> we have to make sure we, we put it in 2015 instead of 2014. Yeah, that's the biggest challenge. I don't even change any words, just the date, just the year. <laughs> exactly. All these new contracts we're signing and drafting. So let's start off the new year correctly with a football issue. New Year's Day is always a big day for, for college football. I'm trying to think when this comes out, it will have been, I think we're in between the first round of the college playoff and the championship game. So okay, the person we're going to talk about is not someone who's going to be playing in that because his team didn't make it. Dakota Dak, in parentheses, Prescott, is suing a t-shirt company who is using his name or likeness. So the shirt is this. It's Dak Dynasty with a picture of their mascot bulldog and with the Duck Dynasty beard on it and a phrase that's a fact Dak it's all right I guess <laughs> very clever yeah so so this company's making this shirt and selling it I, I'm gonna take Prescott's word for it that he's not involved in it at all and so much so that the NCAA basically their rules are in place saying that he has to take some sort of action to stop them selling this shirt and making money off it because as a amateur athlete he can't make any money or else he loses his amateur status and then can't play college football anymore so like i said he's not involved in this and this company initially refused to take it off the shelves or uh, virtual shelves i don't know if they're selling it online or in stores but he has to go as far as to sue them in order to for them to stop and so he can retain his amateur status which to me is pretty crazy yeah that doesn't seem fair i mean all of a sudden because you're doing well in in uh, college sports now you have to actually pay an attorney that you're not getting paid anyway but I think, I think just like Johnny Manziel, I think they, there's an NCAA fund for these kinds of things, right? Yeah, he used, was it the NCAA Opportunity Fund? It helps student athletes. Here's how they put it. When they can't afford certain things, such as legal action or travel home due to family emergencies. So he's not paying, at least. <laughs> well, I hope not. But it is strange that you know the actual bylaw, which is, by the way, for those that are interested is 12.5.2.2 of the NCAA bylaws. Some action, right? It doesn't really necessarily describe what action exactly that is required. It seems like a demand letter would be sufficient, but I guess that's what the fund's for and some lawyers has to get paid. That's what we do. Yeah, he might have just been advised to just do this just in case because you never know if the NCAA, how they're going to rule on things. They kind of seem to be all over the board in terms of who they rule eligible and ineligible every year. So it's, I would you know, tend to agree with him or whoever advised him to err on the side of being overcautious just because you never know what the NCAA is going to do. It's, they're just a wild card. And some of the concern is the, is the earning potential of the name or likeness of this, what is it, Dak? I don't know, what Dak Prescott is his name? Yeah. I've never heard of him. I don't know, what do you think? If, if this was let go, and these people were allowed to continue to sell these t-shirts, wouldn't his name brand be even better by the time he graduates? 
Or is that basically the point? I think that's the NCAA's argument and why he can't do that. But it's still ridiculous. It's not like he's... I can't imagine he did this himself. You don't get, First of all, you don't give yourself a nickname. So I doubt that he came up with this Dak Dynasty, that's a fact, Dak, any of this stuff. And so, and the, like I said, the, the logo on it is their mascot with a Duck Dynasty beard. So, I mean, the only involvement is his name is being used. The fact they had to sue this company to stop doing it is just kind of insane. Well, basically what the NCAA is doing is making sure that they are the only ones profiting from his unpaid labor. You know, God forbid we don't want anyone else doing that as well. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how, how things work, I guess, with the NCAA. That's really, it's all about that bottom line for them. So do you think that's ever going to change? I mean, I, I know we're talking about basically a topic that every sports radio show talks about all the time, but what are your thoughts? Is it from a legal perspective, is the trend going in any direction or are we just going to see it like this for the next 10 years? In terms of the athletes getting paid or the student athletes? Yeah. Or even, or even these kinds of private sponsorships or these restrictions of, you know, third-party sponsors, things like that. I don't think the, the athletes are ever going to get paid just because they get tuition and, and room and board if they get a scholarship. So that's basically like getting paid right there. If you start paying the athletes, it's just going to be very slippery slope because then there's too many crazy things are going to go. I mean, think about this. If you're an 18-year-old kid and you're getting all these financial offers to go play at these schools, like there's so many bad things that can go wrong. And like 75% of professional athletes can't even handle this correctly. You're going to expect a bunch of teenagers to handle the the money thing correctly. I'm sure this has been discussed already. We're not, we're not discussing anything new, but I'm sure there's alternatives. There's alternatives of paying into a trust that may not be released upon until graduating or or some other, other alternatives like that. I mean, obviously, there are also plenty of athletes that have went straight into the NBA and from high school and did okay. And money for anyone, frankly, has corruption lined with it. I think that's Michael Scott's belief, because when he has that quote of Kobe Bryant didn't go to college, Tracy McGrady didn't go to college, somebody else. It's like, <laughs> they did five. It's all these professional basketball players. Exactly. Good argument. All right. Well, question of the year so far, 2015. <laughs> our, our first and only question of the year. It's a 150-part question. This is part one. <laughs> I purchased a business and did not realize that there are all these gift certificates out there, I don't know exactly how many, that customers keep coming in with. Since I had no knowledge of these certificates, do I have to honor them? Oh, no state. I, I really wish this person gave a location here. Very important when you send in a question to give your location. Some, most of the time, I would say. Oh, gosh, a couple issues here, right, Matt? I mean, we have gift card law and gift certificates, which is one issue, but then also the aspect of buying a business. When you buy a business, do you automatically take on all the liabilities of that business, including any kind of gift certificates or even coupons out there? And do you have to honor them? Yeah, luckily I took a, I took a gift card law class in law school. So Oh, perfect. That's a huge area of law, right? Somehow we stretched it an entire semester. I don't know how, but... I took a Black Friday law just uh, one day of the year covering that. That's a whole different issue. <laughs> so pertinent. But yeah, I mean, on the... On the purchasing side, you know, if it's really going to depend. And I don't think we have, what did he say? I purchased a business. So I don't, we don't know if that means he just purchased the assets, they purchased the assets or if they purchased the equity of the company. You know, if they purchased the equity, then you, you kind of just bought everything. And I mean, you're not kind of, you bought everything and 
now you're yeah. you're stuck with the good and the bad if there's that's right that's why you need to if you're going to do that route you need to do some due diligence to to make sure that it's all okay yeah almost always the the best way to structure an acquisition is an asset purchase i mean there may be some tax considerations and other aspects that may change that general rule and when you buy the assets you can also choose to assume certain liabilities for which may be part of the deal in other words the company may refuse to sell you the company unless you also take on this lease or, or what have you. But in my mind, gift certificates are definitely a liability. And if it's structured properly, you shouldn't have to honor that. But let's just say for discussion that this was an equity purchase, right? So now, even though Matt's the gift certificate, gift law, or gift card law expert here, I am, I am going to give my two cents as well. And you know, please correct me if I'm wrong, Matt. But there's a there's a national standard that gift cards don't expire within five years. It's a law that was passed in, I don't know, a few years ago. It's actually not too new, or I should say not too old, which now it's 2015. It's been years, one, one more year longer than it would have been if I had this episode weeks before. Anyway, I'm getting <laughs> distracted. So, so, but if you're in certain states, almost every state has its own laws. I know in California, I don't believe they ever expire. So, so that, that's something to consider when you are buying a business with any kind of retail environment or non-retail that would have this gift card liability out there. Unfortunately, when I took that class, every, all the laws have changed. So I lost all of my knowledge of gift card law. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. yeah. This, the law was passed and looks like the national law was passed in 2009. I think gift card law for California has been around for a while. This was in 2010. It looks like, okay. So about I was going to say four years, but five years. Also keep in mind that you can have expiration dates with gift cards. And there are some exceptions to the rule when it comes to California. If you put it in within the actual gift card and things like that, it has to be clearly printed on the card. But this was a huge issue with Groupon when Groupon became really popular, right? Because yeah. whether or not they were considered gift certificates or not, and the expiration dates were properly placed. And then there was a whole issue that you were paying money and you may not be eligible for that coupon within a certain period of time, but you at least were able to apply that as money paid to that particular store. Yeah, I feel like we've talked about that before on some story that's happened with a company not honoring. There was the details in the coupon that they weren't honoring, not the how long it's been open. I'm trying to remember if we have to cover that, but it was, yeah, it was the one where it was about a fixed menu or not, right? That was just not too long ago. Yeah. It was that lawyer that got it, that did the same thing, right? He, uh, he yeah. made all this issue with that restaurant that didn't honor the yeah. Honor the uh, Groupon. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to say probably yes to this question that he's going to have to honor him. If you have an equity purchase and you actually have those, assume those liabilities, then most likely it depends upon whether maybe you're in a different state. Maybe it's been more than five years and doesn't have those kind of requirements. I don't know. Most likely. Yes, though. All right. So takeaways for today. Don't play college sports and expect to get paid. Yeah. And don't be good at college sports and and the reality is for this for this question you should know this person should know the answer to this question whether they they should be liable for these gift certificates before actually purchasing the business it's a pretty key question you know that was my takeaway is do your due diligence of the business before you purchase it i mean they might have and maybe it was just hard to figure out but hopefully the seller did hide it or something like that yeah because you don't want a situation where the seller was trying to just make a bunch of money quickly right at the end before they sold it and then yeah the purchaser is going to end up suffering from that so since gift certificates are redeemable for products or services then it should be a line item as a liability in the books so 
if it wasn't there, then I would I would definitely raise issue with that for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. Yep. Keep it sound. Keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.